I've been in relationships with guys. I've just dated them for a few weeks here or there. And I can tell, it sounds awful, but I can tell when there's an issue with porn for two reasons. One is they're desperately wanting my affirmation and my um, security, and it's often not enough. Secondly, um, there's a state of control and or shame. So they might project that shame onto you and find problems with you in order to bolt and go away. Um, Because trust issues are often manifested in distrust or control towards somebody else. So that's the kind of fun that you're having to deal with right now. Come and stay a while amid the British charm that is called my brain. I'm a journalist and pastor in California, but don't hold that against me. I wasn't brainwashed. I chose to leave my atheism on my own accord, consequently after two sips of Kool-Aid. But that's for another time. These opinions are my own most of the time. The humour was learned of a book I found in a hedge, and the dreamer in me, well, she's here to stay. So, you're very welcome. Hello. It's lovely to be back with you. I do hope you're very well. And enjoying the last of the summer days. I am Carrie Lloyd and you are listening to the Carry On podcast. I am delighted to be back um, with a subject that's always fun and chirpy to talk about. Always. Um, In fact, for a while, I refused to talk about the subject, not because I was scared or intimidated by talking about the subject. In fact, I find it quite fascinating on on levels that shouldn't be fascinating. But I would say um, I was a bit done with talking about the same subject, and that is the subject of porn. Porn and masturbation, I seem to be the go-to for those two subjects. But I, um, I so longingly wanted to be known for talking about other things. And so I've been so grateful to you guys who've been reaching out for asking me to talk about subjects, including this one. And I do want to touch on it because it actually goes into another subject, which I'm far more interested in, which is building trust within yourself um, and trust with others. And I actually believe that if we engage in pornography, regardless of whether you agree with it or not, whether you think it's damaging or not, it actually does stuff to the brain that actually is now becoming known as the new drug that so many people are getting addicted to. It's a self-soother. It's self-medicating. It's one of the finest painkillers in the world right now. And yet it is not killing pain and it is not solving your problems. And in fact, it's creating a whole lot more. So my heart in this, this next sort of half hour is to really just touch upon some of the reasons why I believe porn is a problem. And I'm not going to go down the normal routes of its sexual sin or anything like that. I'm actually going to look at the fair science behind uh, what it does to trust and what it does to the psychosis of a male or female, because there are plenty of females doing it now as well, um, to uh, society, to uh, individual relationships and to marriages. Um, So I do want to just preface this conversation with the fact that there might be some graphic um, words used. There won't be any cussing, but I'm just saying there might be some senses of words or graphic um, labelling to certain things because I'm actually going to get down to the science of what's happening to our bodies and what's actually going on um, with pornography, Um, specifically looking at the after effects of what happened with regular porn activity and regular porn um, watching One of the things I would say is that um, the church are reputed to be complaining about pornography, but outside of the church, it really is 
uh, a topic of conversation that has just become very much the norm. No, no different to washing up your dishes after a meal. And um, literally, there are some there are some things even on Twitter that. Um, uh, uh, pretty much exposing how people are really feeling about it. One one line here says, and this is someone's tweet, says, porn doesn't play games, porn doesn't text back slow. Porn gives you exactly what you ask. I love you, porn. This is another one that says, um, my Tumblr is 50% porn, 50% being a band fangirl. What more could you want? Um well, I love when my, well, this is another one. I love when I'm on Tumblr in class and porn shows up on my dashboard. Um, so I'm, I'm actually kind of blown away the naivety on society in today's world that thinks that porn is just a couple of people having sex or much more vivid, candid things going on that will just make someone climax and then it's all done. It doesn't make a difference and it doesn't harm anyone, which is the massive lie that I think we need to get over ourselves and start really start to listen to what the actual truth is of the facts of what's happening with porn. Just to give you a little understanding as well, there might be some parents listening to this who really think that it's just a fair few that are touching or that, that your child is not having any engagement to it. I pray that's the truth. Um, and I want to genuinely believe that that is the case. But the majority of people that are checking out porn in the very beginning, it's not because they're based from um, a sexually abusive background. It's not because they faced abuse when they were younger. So most of the time, kids are getting involved and watching porn purely out of curiosity. And it's just too darn dangerous to go on the internet and be curious these days. It's not regulated on the internet. Um, some of it was regulated in the UK, um, which I know America are quite envious of the UK for doing for. But the reality is we are not um, half as aware nor educating people wisely in what porn actually does to ourselves, our own emotional psyche, our minds and our relationships with each other. One thing I would say is as I'm counselling people today on just a sexual journey, whatever their sexuality is looking like, whatever they are uh, choosing uh, to do with their own purity and sexuality and sexual ethics, I am noticing more and more people doing the most things that just didn't happen back in the day. They're doing more banal, more strange activities towards themselves or towards somebody else because of the novelty and scenario of which porn creates. So one of the things I kind of want to look at is actually the, the journey of looking at marriages when a husband or a wife is exposing themselves to so much regularity in porn. And another area I want to look at is trusting the self. So if you are single and checking out porn, to tell yourself that it's not harming anyone else, that's that might be true, but it is harming you. And so if it's harming you in the ways that I'm going to talk about, it's actually it is actually affecting other people because you are actually probably not your most authentic self. You're probably not walking in much um, lighthearted um authenticity because you're constantly aware of the stuff that you do at night or during the day when no one else is watching. Um, I also want to look at how we treat people with um, those struggling with pornography. So number one I kind of want to look at is uh, looking at young men and women who are going into pornography 
and they've been probably grappling with this for a long time. Uh, porn sites actually receive more regular traffic than Netflix, Amazon and Twitter combined each month. Just for the record, uh, 35% of all Internet downloads are porn related. And uh, people who admit to having extramarital affairs were over 300% more likely to admit consuming porn than those who have never had an affair. According to a 2004 um, study, at least 30% of all data transferred across the Internet is porn related. And the most common female role stated in porn titles is that of women in their 20s portraying teenagers. This is where it gets pretty dark. Recorded child sexual exploitation, also known as child porn, is one of the fastest growing online businesses. 624,000 child porn traders have been discovered online in the US alone. Just let it sink in because this is the kind of stuff that we need to be aware of. And sometimes I even have heard counselors going, oh, it's not going to help just telling people, you know, porn contributes to the sex trafficking industry. No, it actually does help because there are some teenagers out there that are so concerned about whether their beef burger is grass-fed, but yet they are going and checking out online porn, porn, which is probably subsidizing some areas of child pornography at the same time, as well as you think that you're watching women having sex via a, an agreed contract as porn stars and all under the name of consent. But there is actually going to be a film coming out by a guy called Benjamin Nolo. He did other films like Nefarious and, um, and Liberated. And his most traumatic, considering the content of those two films, have been pretty intense and quite controversial. The next film that he's about to do is looking at the word consent behind the, porno the, porn the pornography industry and uh, just how much that is not true and just the manipulation and what is involved in a contract for female and male porn stars um, is actually so manipulative. They are often found, they find themselves in corners where it does get to a state of sexual abuse that they did not agree to. So just be very aware of the stuff that you are clicking online. Well, if you've got someone addicted to this stuff, the stats and telling you that, um, that erectile dysfunction has increased by 200% since 2010. Before 2005, it was at 2, 2 to 5% of erectile dysfunction under the age of 40 for men. So I just need you to understand it's physically starting to harm men more than you, than you can't even understand. And even if they are able to have erectile function, it doesn't necessarily mean that they can climax. So because the brain becomes like this Pavlovian effect on the brain, this drug-like thing, it's wanting more and more shock, more and more novelty. It's wanting more and more scenario. So I'm darting over the place all over here, but just, just bear with me and follow me. So when you've got, you've got a woman who is going out with a guy and she's married to him and you might have men that believe that, oh, finally, now I'm, now I'm getting married. I don't have to worry about the porn thing because I'm getting sex all the time, especially if you've been saving yourself until marriage. Guys often under this illusion that they're not going to be having any problems anymore because now they're getting the real thing. Now they get their wife. That's all great, but the reality is there was no emotional management 
manifested before you got married to your wife. So that means that the same muscle that is looking to emotionally manage themselves on any kind of level still hasn't been worked on in character or in trusting the self. All you've done is gone from one, um, one state of euphoria to another. But you haven't learned the muscle that says no. You haven't learned the muscle to self-control. So then I have married couples in my office telling me that the wife feels like she's been cheated on, even though she knows that he's not actually had a physical affair with any woman. He's just is very, she's just very, very aware that he's been checking out porn. And so it's leading to intimacy issues in the bedroom. Cut two. Uh, she then also feels very, um, hear me out, I know that women are addicted to porn and husbands are struggling with their wives looking at porn as well. So I'm, I don't mean to be making this in the classical cliche bias state. I'm purely just kind of showing one angle. I'm happy to go on the other angle too. But wives will then be crying in my office saying, I don't feel attractive to my husband anymore. I feel like he just doesn't want me and he's way more interested in porn. Well, the reality is he still finds you beautiful. But the problem is it's nothing to do actually with attraction or looks. It's actually to do with novelty and scenario. Novelty and scenarios that by a certain point the wives cannot recreate because it doesn't involve you. And because it's such extreme, um, sometimes horrific scenarios that your husband would never want you to go through that. So even if he's getting off on it, so as a female, for me personally, I was just so fascinated with what all the fuss was about. I personally got into um, pornography when I was surrounded in a male-dominant um, environment who were chucking around DVDs all over the internet, and this is while I was, no, I was still an atheist at this point. Um, and they were sharing pornography and just throwing it around as if it was a, the latest newspaper. Um, and so I became just curious as to what's all the fuss about? Why are the guys getting so interested in this stuff? I don't understand. What are we not doing that's enough for them? So as a woman, I actually just got fascinated and I could see there was this power thing in men, this masculinity in men that, that for some reason actually made us women feel more hunted and gathered. We felt chased and pursued, which is so often an unusual experience these days. It's really sometimes quite hard for women to find that sort of um, desire of pursuit. So we naturally go to pornography because we can try and at least fantasize or imagine a guy pursuing us or wanting us like an animal. There's something quite intoxicating about it. The problem is, is the more stuff you watch like that, the more you see men pursue women or just become overwhelmed with the sensation of the, of a beauty of a woman. Um, you start to believe that it, that's the only thing that will create a man to be attracted to you. That's the only thing. So now I found myself getting way more, um, conscientious of my own sexuality, my own seductiveness towards men. I knew how to play the game in a room. I knew how to make men be interested in me on some level when I was younger. And I use it as a form of manipulation, um, and here's the deal. I all came from a sense of insecurity. I didn't believe in myself. I wasn't secure um, because I also believe that the whole of the male species, especially when you're in, you've got to remember whatever you're feeding your mind is what you will create your beliefs on. And so I'm watching 
video after video of men cheating on women, having group sex, being violently abusive towards women. And even though I find it horrific to watch, it does create this thing of this climax, this this fascination, this sensational, over-the-top role-playing that you as a woman now start to want in real life. So you naturally start to attract men that actually aren't that kind to you. You naturally expect men to not be trustworthy because you've seen so many hours of guys just have one woman after another. And this is probably one of the most toxic things that I find on pornography itself, regardless of the things of erectile dysfunction, regardless even of the very distant realities of child pornography and sex trafficking. The real problem that I'm starting to see in pornography with people is they do not trust anyone else. Hear me out. They don't trust themselves. They watch people being untrustworthy online. So why on earth would they entrust anyone in the world? Everyone is starting to believe that they are not enough. Everyone, I'm saying this with everyone who watches porn, everyone starts to believe that no one's trustworthy and that they will bolt as soon as anything messy happens in real life. And I can see, I can spot it a mile off now when someone is struggling with pornography and any leader or pastor or counsellor that's hearing me out, don't go up to someone, accuse them of this. If you're seeing these kind of behaviours, because it could be something else, But I've seen often in in young adults be very isolated or distant from groups. They have socializing problems. They struggle to actually maintain any kind of relationship. I've been in relationships with guys. I've just dated them for a few weeks here or there. And I can tell, it sounds awful, but I can tell when there's an issue with porn for two reasons. One is they're desperately wanting my affirmation and my um, security. And it's often not enough. Secondly, um, there's a state of control and or shame. So they might project that shame onto you and find problems with you in order to bolt and go away. Um, Because trust issues are often manifested in distrust or control towards somebody else. So that's the kind of fun that you're having to deal with right now. Um, I definitely don't want to be like all oh, doom and gloom but I, I, and I really don't want these podcasts to be like oh gosh what else is she going to tell us that we need to work on but I actually feel like if there is anyone struggling in this area um I feel like I actually want to I want to apologize on behalf of quite a few people that have tried to navigate this subject and if you've gone to counseling or if you've gone to church leaders and you've not felt very met in the messiness of it I'm really sorry because I think we're still trying to work out how to manage this well. One of the ways that I've seen a lot of guys actually break through with an addiction, because normally by the time it's getting to an addictive stage, and it doesn't have to be every day for you to be addicted to it, it's pretty much any time you're facing pain, loneliness, um, isolation, insecurity, and you actually then, or you just a discomfort in themselves. Um, if you are going to porn for those reasons alone, um, that means you have a problem with it. Um, and you're really going to struggle having any kind of really healthy emotional connection with any girl if you are engaging in this kind of stuff. One of the one of the things that I have to navigate an awful lot as pastoring people and guiding people is um, and being a safe space for them to feel approachable enough to come to me. I had one wonderful student who, after three or four months, um, 
of me pastoring them, they're outside my office physically shaking. And he sat in my office and he confessed to what he'd, he'd basically been involved in watching pornography for 10 years. Now, this kid was very young. So uh, we're talking probably half of his life that he'd been involved in watching this stuff. And of course, his prefrontal cortex is still yet to mature and fully develop. So you can imagine the kind of stuff that this brain has watched and and envisioned and seen that this is what women want and need and um, huge amounts of expectations where they start to look through another person rather than looking at another person or with another person. Um, I certainly noticed that myself, my own journey. Um, I had been curious at first, but it wasn't until I had stopped having a sexual relationship and I was so worried that I was no longer satisfying my boyfriend because I was no longer engaging in sex with him. And we had a great um, uh, level of being able to communicate and he had chosen to stay with me even though I said, this can't, I don't think we should do this anymore sex-wise because I was sort of coming back into a faith and I was starting to get more and more convinced that there was a connection between um, sexual ethics and freedom. And I don't mean liberal freedom. I mean freedom as in trusting myself and trusting another human being. And so I uh, started to send my boyfriend links to pornography, thinking that would help. <laughs> and so, and what's, what's fascinating about this is you know, we were already on a sort of journey of navigating. I was coming back to your faith and he wasn't in any way, shape or form interested in that. Um, so we were now going on very different moral codings, but obviously I was so warped thinking that this was helpful. This is absolutely what I was basically injecting his mind with thousands of different images of other women. And I thought I was being really secure in myself because I can show him other naked women, you know? laughable now because I was incredibly insecure I was so nervous about losing him altogether that I I literally showed him videos and clips of other women naked that just goes to show you how bad things got so I got to a space and point in my life and it was actually a moment where um that relationship had finished I was still looking at pornography for the sense of my own heartbreak and I felt powerful in the moment of watching it. It it made me disassociate with the heartbreak I was going on in real life. Uh, this was the most meaningful relationship, probably is still the most meaningful relationship I've had to date. Um, and yet I needed to walk away from it and I needed, it was a faith act that I was doing it, believe it or not, but I was also trying to nurture my my soul, my heartbreak with something that was just actually adding on, not even the shame of what the Bible convicted me onto. I wasn't living in, in shame like that, but what I was noticing is I would just the same as any kind of substance that we're using for a painkiller, I was hoping that I just wouldn't check it out today or in the next few days. And somewhere down the line, I did. And the next morning I'd wake up and I, I wasn't beating myself up. I wasn't living in shame. If anything, that was the problem. I was justifying myself with these things all the time because I was no longer having sex. So therefore, I don't have to worry about you know, I, I, I'm, I'm managing my, my celibacy <laughs> with checking out porn. <laughs> but actually, it was more toxic, if I can be quite honest. 
It was actually more toxic checking out porn and not having sex with men than it has been with having um, an intimate sexual relationship with one person. It sounds quite controversial to say, and I'm not suggesting now that everyone that hasn't had sex with someone should now go and try sex and put down porn. I'm definitely not saying that. Neither are helpful, especially when it's being misused. Um, but one of the things that I would say is that the journey for um, navigating that was that I was actually now starting to watch things online that I would scream at in the flesh. My, my brain was quite happily content with soft pornography, the basics of two people having sex. Now it was getting into realms and um, very dark spaces. And I just remember in a moment going, if I saw this in the flesh, if I saw this in my own life, if I opened the door to this kind of stuff, I would, I would scream and call the police. So why am I okay with watching this online? Why am I okay with actually potentially my clique is endorsing this kind of behaviour? And it was basically, it was almost a social justice ethical moment of this, this, this can't be right. It wasn't a God encounter. It wasn't some download or conviction that I so longingly needed. In fact, it took me another year or two to really know what it looked like to be convicted of stuff because I'd numbed myself to my own pain and my own process, my own ability to trust myself, that I was kidding myself on all different levels, on spiritual realms of what things meant, of what the Bible was really meaning. <laughs> and so I was just completely numb and dead to myself what shame does to you it's what bad choices do to you so coming to the other side of dealing with someone outside my office shaking because they know that they need to share with me the grips and the pain of being involved in pornography and not being able to have in life real relationships or emotional connections with women because they've created this whole world in their own life that is behind closed doors and no one needs to know. Well, of course, he found it really hard for me to to believe that I loved him. He found it really hard to trust me. He would skirt from one person to another. He would never be able to sit in a decent, beautiful, connecting conversation because he'd want to hide away. Shame takes over. Shame takes over your conversations. It takes over your ability to engage or connect with anyone. And um, one of the heinous things that I hate about this is that it it makes you believe things about yourself that are not true so uh, he comes he sits down and sits uh, on my couch and tells me this has been a problem and it's been a problem for a long time and I'm so scared of telling you because I'm so worried that you won't love me like you used to <laughs> which of course I laughed and I sat on the sofa next to him. And I'm also very careful, by the way, about how tactile I am with these students in this moment. I'm quite a huggy person, but I also want to be very careful about these moments, especially being a member of the opposite sex. So um, I smile at him and I go, I know, I know you've been struggling with this. And he went, what? I said, I know, I'm, I'm so aware, hun, of... I'm not trying to make out I know everything, but I am aware of how you are in a group, how you are with people. You're so kind and so loving, but when I come to come and love you, you can't have any of it. When it comes to you trusting the group, you can't have any of it. 
Now, part of him was just really hoping that one day he would just wake up and it would all, would all be gone. The need, the desperate need to have this drug would be gone. Part of it was hoping that he would have a girlfriend which would redeem the situation. But, of course, he found it really hard to stick to any girlfriend because of his porn stuff. So um, we navigate how to come out of this. So this is basically the part that I would suggest if you wanted to come out of it, these are the things I'd like to sort of share. Number one is um, don't run away from the mess or think that you have to fix it in a week. In fact, that's the worst thing you can do because now they are grappling between being high on a drug a few days ago to you going, I want you to give me and hand over all of your drug and paraphernalia and heroin. So... I remember it not too long ago actually I was sitting in um I was sitting in the LAPD with a bunch of officers <laughs> talking about the effects of porn and uh they didn't believe me at first they didn't a, they didn't believe I was passive but secondly they didn't believe um uh, my thoughts about pornography and I can't even tell you how we got into this to be honest with you um other than you know, even the police are quite happy. <laughs> I'm not suggesting the police are all squeaky clean. I'm just saying they, um, you know, it was kind of a common denominator for all of that lot too, you know. Quite fascinated with the journey of porn and really just saw it as a, another addition to a Netflix strip, you know, flick. So the thing I was saying to them was, it creates a wiring that only you want to get your needs met. You're no not longer looking at this sense of self-service towards someone else. You're not looking at self selflessness. You're looking at um, how do I get my needs met and how do I get them met now? So what's interesting about that to me, though, is that then the police were saying to me, well, it's funny because over the last five years in crime alone, we've seen way more entitlement in this generation than any other generation. Homicide might have gone down in numbers in LAPD, but entitlement... I, you can't do that to me. You can't. You can't do that to me. You can't arrest me now. That kind of attitude has gone up. Now, I'm not suggesting that porn is related to that, but what I am saying is that we are doing more and more things to suggest we need to get our needs met more and more and more. We need to get our voice heard. We need to get our needs met. Nothing is ever looking at how am I serving? What am I bringing to the other the other person? to the table how am I loving this person in relationship how am I building trust towards that other person by taking care of covering them and valuing them so um the number one reason why you want to get out of porn is actually so you can build that trust within yourself because here's the deal anyone that is happy in a happy relationship and happy with themselves don't need to take painkillers like this and they do not need to be checking out things that has to have some kind of self-justification at the end of it. Russell Brand said, whenever you check out porn for 30 minutes, you don't close the computer and go, what a productive use of my time. You really don't. <laughs> so when it comes to this matter alone, I sit down with them and I go, you and me are in this together. I'm not going anywhere. I'm so grateful that you told me. I'm so grateful that you were honest. So what do you want to do about it? And then I hand it back over to them to see if they actually want to take ownership of, of overcoming this or if they're still on this journey of like, I can't help myself. Well, yeah, you probably can't help yourself because in the moment it's an extremely intoxicating drug. But what I can tell you is the more you resist to it, 
the more you actually start asking why you were clicking online and why you would check out five minutes before you go online. Okay, why are you checking this out? Are you lonely? Did you have a fight with your girlfriend? Did you have a fight with someone? Did something happen today that made you feel incredibly lonely and isolated and unknown? If so, then let's talk about that and look at truths that can help you with that actual case rather than suffocating it by a quick climax. Because here's the deal. There are many more cases happening now that even guys who are checking out porn so regularly now can't even get high or get climax through pornography, never mind another person. So we try and put a vision into their life. We try and go, look, why would you want to give this up? Well, it's probably to build trust with women. It's actually to trust the fact that someone won't leave you and you can't guarantee it, but you can certainly stop going in with the perspective that everyone's going to leave you because you've been filling your mind with that. You want to be in a healthy, monogamous relationship. You want to be a, a good spouse to your husband. You want to be a good spouse to your wife. And that looks like managing yourself in the toughest times. You want to be a safe zone. You want to be able to look at the person for a thousand other assets other than sexuality and physicality. You want to be looking at this person and when things are tough in your marriage, you're not going to want to look onto another person or extramarital affairs. The the pornography thing, that stat that I gave you earlier, I'm not suggesting the porn causes extramarital affairs, but checking out porn in a way that is... Um, suffocating some pain of something else is not helping you manage how to look at the pain nor how to build a muscle that says no in the moments you need to say no it also is not we 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 don't want to get you anymore in this trajectory of porn because you're about to open yourself up to even more and more disturbing things because that's what it does that's why you have the head teachers who love children and in healthy platonic very clean ways building beautiful cities with brilliant children and now they're imprisoned some some years later because of child pornography and they don't understand how they got there other than I can tell you it started somewhere with them and they'll admit this I started watching soft porn and somehow my brain just didn't wasn't happy with that it wanted more it wanted different it wanted more barbaric more gross more shocking so then I could get the hit I'm not trying to put fear in, into the into this subject. I'm just telling you the reality of what's actually happening. And as women, we are getting way more insecure. We are putting way more um, money into plastic surgery. So many more to labiaplasties alone have gone up by 200% because women are so um, embarrassed or concerned that their parts don't look like they should do thanks to a porn star that they've seen somewhere on the internet. It's the most heartbreaking thing to start seeing people be so self-conscious of themselves to believe that no one would love them just as they are, that, that people have become so perfectionist towards each other's bodies that we can't actually enjoy the uniqueness and individuality of who we are. That's the whole beauty of what you bring to the table. You're different to the person next to you you're supposed to be. Um, so there's something that is so glorious about watching women come out of porn pornography and and an addiction to it because you see their confidence get more and more strong in their own body image themselves they really start to own who they are in a room because they're no longer hiding behind shame nor hoping that they might be enough for a guy in the room and that's one of the things that I would suggest is the most important part is sitting in them with this no matter how long this takes 
They've got to want it themselves. You can't guilt them out of this. You can't shove a bunch of scripture down their throat. That doesn't work. It never has done, and it won't now. What they want to know is, are you going to be in there in the pain with them during this journey? And so every time... Um, my, the ones that wanted me to help them were, were struggling. They might be, they might know what their trigger patterns were, whether they were sick and ill, whether they were, um, just more likely to, um, have a look at things when the wife was away or when everyone had left the house. So they started actually just for the time being, whilst they didn't quite trust themselves, they would bring over their laptops and all appliances over to my house and give it to me until they were ready. Uh, there are other times where they would just pick up the phone and call and say, I feel very tempted to check online. I'm like, okay, so what's going on? What's happening in your day? And so we actually start navigating the things and making them want to look, or I'm just lonely. I'm just feeling isolated or I've just had this huge fight with my flatmate and um, I don't feel powerful. So I want to feel powerful. And so you start to actually get to start speaking into the real problem. Porn is not really the problem. <laughs> the The problem is is the pain behind it, the journey behind it, the habits that they've formed is really just, porn is just the habit they formed to suffocate the pain. So I keep coming back to this pain thing, don't I? Hmm, interesting. So I, I, I sit in them with this journey and then every time they build the muscles to say no, just like smoking. I remember the first, when I started giving up smoking, I would walk around the garden knowing that a craving lasts only three minutes. So I'd have the craving to have a cigarette. More likely, it was more likely that I was doing that if I was having a tough day. And so I'd walk around the garden, which is where I would normally go and have a cigarette, and I'd twirl a cigarette in my hand. I wouldn't light it, but I would twirl it. So it would just um, it would just be there as a sort of comfort, but I wasn't doing anything to administer, to give in to the temptation, if that makes sense. I would do that for a while. And then slowly I would just start walking around the garden without the cigarette in my hand. So I wasn't having any kind of sense of habitual muscle memory of holding a cigarette in my hand. The same kind of thing happens with getting out of pornography. It's not, oh, I'm just going to open the laptop and then not check online. That's not it. I'm actually, it's the other way around. If you had a tendency to watch pornography in your bedroom, then I suggest for a while not having a laptop or a computer in your bedroom until you're trustworthy enough to have it in there again. Um, that's one of the things I did when I was kind of starting to, and I had no one to talk about this to, mainly because everyone was fine with it. <laughs> No one had an issue with uh, pornography in my world. So I didn't actually have anyone to talk to about this stuff, even coming back into faith. I just had to trust that somewhere I wanted to build self-confidence and trust in myself and security in myself. And part of that had to be me getting rid of this thing that would be a painkiller occasionally. Um, and so obviously when I, when I started doing that, and it was very, for me, it was a very sudden thing of like, no more, we're done. And I think there was only one time after that that I checked it out, and that was now seven years ago. Where I and that was after I had a, I felt very controlled by a boyfriend I was going out with at the time, and so I had looked online that night just for escapism. <laughs> um, and I confessed to him the next morning, and I told him I said I'm so sorry, I I, I have something to share with you. He wouldn't have had any clue, but this was part of breaking the shame off. He was very forgiving and. Equally, he'd had a similar journey with it too, so we'd both been pretty forgiving on the whole thing. 
but also it did create this element of how are you going to trust me if I can't trust myself? Um, so, and I never, I never looked at it again. Um, and part of that was generally just the muscle habit of not having a laptop, um, around. And am I ever tempted now? I generally am not. I'm never, ever, ever interested in checking out porn. I have no desire whatsoever, but it's because I've managed how to process pain well, how to, um, have a cry if I'm having a bad time, you know, and not trying to fix it all the time and suffocate it down and shut myself off. You know, it's really just a case of, oh, this is painful. Oh, I need to give this some space and some room. Oh, I just need to just just let this happen rather than pretend that none of it's real. Um, and then I have no desire anymore. And now, of course, I'm counseling so many people and seeing the effects that pornography can have on relationships or an individual that it just isn't, just of course, isn't appealing to me at all. Um, so you go through the journey of just being there in it and, uh, slowly but surely in accountability, these people actually want to be able to pick up the phone and gone and go, it's been two weeks. And I'm like, that's awesome, bud. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Encouraging them, not with a patronizing way, but just in a way that goes, I really am generally proud of you. And the further it goes away, the more the muscle and the brain is actually becoming more sensitive now. So one thing I would say is some people really, really believe that they will always, um, they'll be able to watch this stuff because they've become so desensitized to it. Well, that's actually not true. It's amazing how the brain actually starts to reform back into an innocent. I think we are wired. I truly believe we are wired for innocence and some level of, well, some level, all levels of purity, all levels of holiness, of righteousness, that we, that we live in a state of good. And so our brain naturally heals itself if we are choosing self-control and gentleness and kindness towards ourselves. One of the fruits of the spirit and one of the beauties of the fruit of the spirit is the fact that we can actually gain healing from these things. And so the less I looked at it, the more I was beginning to trust myself, the more I would be facing adversity or things in my environment that could have been a trigger back in the day, but now they're just not. And I trust myself so much that I can choose to leave something if it's too much. And there are times there are things on Netflix and I'm like, oh yeah, no, we're not watching that. We are not watching that. It's too, I'm too sensitive to it. And I like being too sensitive to it. We're supposed to be too sensitive to it. Um, it doesn't mean to say that we get judgmental or condemnational towards other people or other people's art. But I, what I would say is uh, choosing what we put in front of our, our minds and our eyes is very important and very key to um, how we progress forward. So for those who are guiding their children, um, people that are um, trying to come out of it. The key is to go tender on yourself. You are not going to get any kind of freedom if you're cruel and hoping to shock yourself into a state of, this is terrible. That's not going to work. In fact, you're going to stay in it for a long time. And you have to be willing to be teachable. You have to be willing to have people speak into your life going, this isn't helping you, bud. And you actually need to change the way that you're doing this because you are incredibly insecure. You um, are easy to rock the boat at any moment. And it's 
really hard to do a relationship with you. You need to be willing to listen to people that are going to tell you the brutal, honest truth about your character because of the choices you've been making with pornography. On top of that, it's really important to have a lot of patience because if someone has been dealing with this for so many years, unless it's a God encounter, unless it's a supernatural thing, these things will take time to work their way out. You need to be steadfast and consistent for them without any element of judgment or outcasting them because of what they're doing. At some point, you do have to start going, you know what? I've been helping you for as long as I can. You're still in it. I'm not sure you want this anymore. Kind of the similar stuff that I talked about when I talked about loving the addict. It's similar things. You wanted to make sure that the soil is good to plant ideas and thoughts and and emotions into. The second is, do you actually want it? Do you actually believe that you can take ownership of this? Because if you feel like you are just succumbed to this all the time, it's going to be very hard to be able to talk you out of it in the moment. So... A chirpy subject, you're welcome. Um, but I do, I do hope that that sort of helps a little bit as to this isn't the, the church isn't talking about the problem with pornography because it's a, it, just because it's a sinful nature. They're talking about it because there is a wisdom behind why we're not supposed to be lustful towards people. There's a wisdom behind love. And when we're looking at pornography, we are removing ourselves further and further. We are in agreement with something not of the Lord that means that we stop being able to build and love each other in beautiful ways. And I would say this, I love the kind of relationships that I have with men now. And it's so far-fetched from the days where I was so insecure with men. I didn't trust them. I didn't trust them as far as I could throw them because I saw what they saw online. And I had like this social justice thing in me, this feminist thing in me. I couldn't be gentle towards guys. I always had to be very sharp and very confrontational. And these days I, I love the journey that I have with my male friends. I love the journey that I have even in dating and just how honoring it is because I'm bringing my full authentic self to the table with no hidden agenda, no desire to try and convince someone to fall in love with me because I have every bit of faith that there are trustworthy, brilliant people out there that can do life really well with you. But if you're surrounding your world with very different imagery and very different stories, you're going to come out with a very different thought process. And so that for me is my biggest concern, that people have become so focused on their needs getting met, whether it be pornography or anything else outside of that on a sexual level, the focus of narcissism is getting out of control and we've forgotten how to stop for the one And actually look intently into the eyes of somebody else and go, I know you, I see you, I adore you. Not on a codependent level before anyone writes in about that. (laughs) But I see you for who you are. I see you in the mess of what you've chosen to do. I see you in the conflict with yourself because you're checking out porn and you actually don't want to because you know that it's removing you further and further from having real relationships with real women with real navigations of their own soul when you lose trust with yourself you can't discern anything you can't discern the voice of the lord the voice of the enemy the voice of yourself and so all of this when you say that it's not harming you sweetheart wake up and smell the coffee (laughs) 
because it's doing everything so subtly. It gets into the system. And when something comes into the system, we can convince ourselves that it's so fine for you. But the reality is you are coming further and further away from the original design of who you were meant to be. And that is a fully wholesome, self-loving, self-aware powerful person that takes ownership of their decisions and their actions and looks at another person and says I love you for who you are where you're at and I don't choose to change you or try and mold you into something to make my needs be met I'm happy on a day when you can't meet my needs I'm actually happy with that not because I like to lay down and not have needs but actually because I can't I can't have everything met by one person and so it creates this ability to be more adaptable in your relationships I hope that helps. I pray that you hear my heart without any condemnation. I'm not trying to convince anyone, but I am trying to teach and make people understand that if you are going to check out this stuff, if you're going to share this around with your friends, if you think that it's fine for your kids to check out porn, think again. Because you start to rewire the mind into places and scenarios and stories that one day can become a horrible, realistic truth and a path that no one ever planned nor dreamed to go down. I'm not doing the scaremongering tactic. I'm doing this by stats alone. This is a real problem. This is a world epidemic. And if you want to start working in social justice and you want to be anti-sex trafficking and you want to do right by ethical thinking, then this is one of the areas we all need to start being aware of and start raising the standards stop saying that porn is okay it's not because it's not consensual often in the porn industry never mind is it consensual for a small young child that doesn't know what they're looking at so i pray that we start to have a little bit more vigilance around this whole thing that we pay due diligence to what we are uh, talking to and that we are actually talking about this subject very honestly and openly so that people can start just being honest with their questions and coming to us with questions that need to be addressed. I'm hoping that even me sharing about my own journey helps women out there understand that you are not alone. If you're a woman and you're going through this, you are not alone. This is a very common factor now for women, but you're looking at it for different reasons than a man is. Um, Either way, it's still doing the same effects on the mind. So if there is anyone that has any questions of that, feel free to um, message me on Instagram. I'm at Carrie Gracie. Um, and um, you can message on the Facebook page that we have, the Carrie Lloyd Facebook page. Um, but stay tuned for the next one because in the next podcast, I'm going to talk about how we build trust with ourselves, not just by resisting temptation, but by a whole plethora of other delicious things. I do hope you're very well. God bless you.